On this episode of Rising Week, we talk about Crestron not being at Cedia Expo this year. Control 4 has picked up a small little networking company called Pack Edge. Also, how do you help the DIYer DIY better? All that and more next on Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, Episode 3, recorded Monday, February 15th, 2016. DIY Advisor. Resi Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like HD Base T. This is Resi Week, the weekly look at the residential uh, AV environment and AV market in uh, audiovisual. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With us this week is my buddy pal Todd Anthony Puma. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Tim. Thank you for having me on this week. Absolutely. Uh, also with us, a first timer, so be nice to him. Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Todd. His name is Jeremy Glowicki, and Jeremy is a CDF fellow. That means he's very smart and editorial director of Residential Systems and Systems Contractor News. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm a big uh, podcast fan, and uh, I've, I've watched and listened to your podcast, and I've never been a guest on one, so this is a big big deal for me well thank you thank you very much i appreciate that it, it's it's always interesting and, and fun to, to meet folks who who listen to you and and you may get to meet for the first time so i had a couple of that, that happened last last week um if you didn't follow us last week we were at, at integrated systems europe you can go to the website and find all kinds of stuff about that there um okay so he, here's the thing guys the, the, the right before uh isc actually a couple of stories broke and uh, we didn't cover them during the show because when we do a show, when we cover a show like that, we pretty much focus on the news around it. Um, so this is a little dated, right? Um, but it, it's still it's still valuable. The first one, uh, first up, is the fact that Crestron has decided that they are not going to exhibit at Cedia Expo. If you're watching the video, we're bringing up Jeremy's story. Right here, um, CEO uh, Crestron CEO Randy Klein basically has has came out and and made some clarifications. Right, it is it, not um, not to say exactly what uh, or or to dispel the the social media rumblings that were out there because lots of people wrote some stuff. Right, um, his basic bottom line is the fact that he doesn't Crestron doesn't belong there anymore. Quote unquote. And one of the things that he has said is that, in his opinion, Cedia is no longer targeting that higher-end clientele, which is where Crestron is ostensibly trying to be now. They're saying that. I, I would counter with some other stuff, and I'm going to let you guys talk about that first before I, I give my, my counters on that. Uh, but Todd, we'll, we'll bring this to you first. What does this mean for Crestron, and what, what does it mean for Cedia? Well, change is here. Change has been coming for a while, and you know, with the comments that Randy made that uh, Cedia is no longer the high end or the luxury show it once was, that's okay. He also stated that Cedia is not just a show. Just like Vince said before, Cedia is an organization. Cedia is going to go out there and reach more integrators and help integrators to get 
possible clientele and give us more credit credit and set a standard in this industry that we haven't had in the residential market. Now, with that being said and put to the side, Crestron. Crestron is a monster. They're leaders in this industry. They've been around for a long time. I wasn't always a firm supporter in Crestron four years ago. I wouldn't even go near their booth at Cedia, but Cedia is what gave me that opportunity to see what Crestron could really do and see what Crestron's about, um, as well as become a dealer. Um, you know, Rich Fagosa and a few other integrators throughout the way have pushed me in that area. I talked to Jeremy about it many years ago when I wasn't a supporter of them. And he said, just take a look at it. You'll be impressed. And I was. Now, for me, that's where my journey began. So other integrators coming in, just like myself, who are in firm supporters in Crestron, will never have that opportunity. They'll go to Cedia and there will be a big hole in the middle or the beginning. Oh, when you there first won't walk be in. a hole. There'll be a booth there. <laughs> there will be a hole in my heart. Okay. okay? <laughs> but Cedia and Crestron, Crestron, let's get off the Cedia part because it's going to get more into the gossip. What Crestron did and all that feedback that was going around, it's fear. People are afraid what's to come. When people don't understand something new or something outside the box, because Crestron thinks big. Everybody else thinks outside the box. That's the new term. Crestron's big thinking is causing everybody to say, oh, are they going out of business? Are they selling? Are they getting rid of the residential market? What's happening? And that inspired me to talk a little bit on my view of this and to talk about what I do know is Crestron is there. Crestron's working on new things. They stated, stated before they have a residential home inside of their warehouse that they test day to day operations of the lighting, HVAC and, you know, audio, video, DM, whatever it may be, uh, as well as investing into products and firmware and software like Crestron Studio, uh, Crestron Ping and Home Elements was built upon that and it's getting better. Um, they are not abandoning the industry. Crestron's not going to drop all that profits. Randy said the other day between 20 and 25 percent of their money comes in from the residential market. Businesses are meant to grow. They're not meant to figure out ways to throw away money. Why would he want to do that? He wants to become, I forget the number, a $10 billion company in the next three years. And if he gets rid of the residential market and just focus on commercial, that's not going to happen. With them also leaving Cedia has put money on the table. Now, whatever they invested into there uh, can be put towards their dealers, could be to put towards their own shows, properly educating us uh, throughout you know, the DIY market, getting more awareness, um, which they don't want to focus on, but they do want to focus on the architects, builders, designers, and so forth. It's going to give us more resources as well as keep in more technicians to constantly grow the technology and engineers to grow the technology that we see today and to keep up with that fast-paced growth of the industry. Okay, I'm, I'm yeah. going to go ahead, Jeremy. Oh, I was going to say that one of the things that um, that Randy told us um, that was interesting was that they were frustrated that um, Cedia wouldn't allow certain um, attendees on the show floor unless you got them in under your own badge. So um, obviously consumers aren't necessarily welcome, but more than that, he was saying that architects, builders, interior designers, you know, really weren't um, – allowed, quote-unquote, to be on the show floor uh, as, as attendees, and that's the target who they were trying to get in touch with. And they said, it, um, in contrast, ISC and Infocom both encourage that sort of attendee. And, of course, Infocom is more of an end-user show because their end-users are operators of you know facilities a lot of times. So it's a different type of show, and ISC is a blend of Infocom and Cedia. So there's that same kind of mentality. 
So it was a tough one for me to kind of buy into that, well, they don't allow this, but they, this one does because it's a different different demographic for sure. Um, but they they seem to be really interested in trying to reach out to those professionals more than more dealers per se. Um, I do think Todd makes a great point that had it not been for Crestron being on the show floor, it might not have been as easy for him to connect with them as a company and become a dealer. Um, I still think there's a lot of lost opportunities there at Cedia. Um, you can say what you want about their atten attendance. They're, they're not as big of a show as they used to be, but I still think there's going to be, um, particularly in a certain market where they're located for that show, people coming out that maybe haven't seen Crest John and now they're not going to get that chance, you know, and, and uh, I think they're just kind of like thumb their nose at that opportunity and um, they're going to have opportunities elsewhere. Clearly there's plenty of chances for them to market themselves to different trades and, you know, stay out there in the public eye and they're still going to support CEDIA as a, a organization with training opportunities and that sort of thing. But um, I see both sides of it. I see where Crestron's trying to think big and be a leader. Um, but I also, I think it's a, it's a risky move as well to, to just say we don't need to be there. And it's not a cost saving. Todd said the, the money that they saved, but Randy was really diminishing the amount of money that, that it cost them overall in terms of their, their budget, their revenue. Um, they, they say 10, they, that it's, uh, what was it, 10% uh, or 20%? I forget what the number is, a percentage of rev residential to commercial a business. But he said that still accounts for hundreds of millions of dollars for yeah. them. You know, and it's like, that <laughs> that's a number that I didn't know about or whatever it is. You know, so these big numbers that they throw around and it's just like, it's it's not inconsequential. Maybe it was tens. I'm sorry, my numbers aren't good. I'm a, I'm a words guy, but. No, that's all right. <laughs> You're tens right. of millions of dollars. Yeah, but he was. I believe there's two or three different different interviews he's done, and and twenty to twenty five percent seems to be about the average, right? Yeah. Um, Todd, you said that that Crestron is a monster in this market. Uh, are you talking about residential? Or are you talking about AV in general? I'm sorry, I meant the industry as a whole. Okay, because yeah. here's the thing. I, and I'm not I'm not picking on them. God knows I've gotten lots of buddies that work there and, and, and just friends that have worked there over the years. I don't see them as a monster in the residential market. Not saying they're not. Obviously, they make hundreds of millions of dollars a year, according to Randy, uh, in that market. But he is aiming for that 1%, right? He's not aiming for, for houses that cost between two hundred and five hundred thousand dollars He's looking for houses and, and, and structures that are in the millions of dollar range, right? So if your house isn't worth a million dollars, don't call, you know, Crestron. It's kind of the sense that I got uh, out of that. Now, whether or not he belongs at Cedia, I don't know. Um, it, it's it's not, um, it's unfortunate, I think, and I've had conversations. One of our, our biggest underwriters, actually, is a company that doesn't exhibit at, at ISC or, or Infocom, and one of the things that that is a, um, a constant conversation is the fact that I think that they should, right? I, I think that trade shows allow you, give you the opportunity to introduce yourself to new users, like like Crestron did with Todd. It also gives you the chance to meet face to face the folks that you're going to talk to on a daily and weekly basis when they call in for tech support, when they call in for design help. Putting a face to that name and putting a face to that voice 
absolutely helps in building the relationship. And let's be honest, relationships is what this this industry is built on. Um, you know, yes, it's technology. Yes, it's it's you know the latest greatest thing. But it's also the relationships that we get to build. Uh, and I think the trade shows you know do afford us that opportunity to actually see people face to face. So, you know, that's my two cents on it. Um, uh, all right, another story that, that broke right before uh, <laughs> ISE, which is always fun to do, uh, is the fact that uh, our good friends Control 4 uh, picked up a, a product or two uh, from PackEdge um, for $32.7 million uh, in cash, which would not be a bad thing to have in cash reserves. Control 4 uh, picked up PackEdge device and software. Um According to the article here, Control 4, quote-unquote, expects the acquisition to contribute to revenue growth, but primarily it's an acknowledgement that networks are the foundation of everything connected and that most home networks today are not fully ready for the expanding requirements. Jeremy, let's kick this off with you on here. Um, I, I agree with that statement. Is this the right move then? Um, for for Control Four, who is a co- company that's more and more putting things on the network. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, a case to be made for their their uh, reach into new dealers. I think they're always trying to expand as a company. Control Four, you know, I mean, the more consumer awareness and also d- dealer base. I mean, they want to talk about the monster. They want to be the monster. I think you know and. Uh, the uh, the network is truly the the limiter um, on a lot of the future uh, growth of this you know techno- this technology space whether it's DIY or or at uh, professional installation but uh, everyone makes the case that uh, you know you need a robust network and I think um, I've I've spoken to um, Ben Bruno after the you know, he switched over to Cedia as um, CEO, and he said that Crestron had a lot of challenges, on, you know, when he was there, he kind of revealed that because the network, you know, limited the performance of their technology a lot of the time in these big projects, and they do massive homes, you know. Control 4 has a scalable system, but um, I think that they they were wise, you know, to to bring something in-house that perhaps they didn't feel like they had, um, you know, the control over themselves. And, and, and it, it, they have dealers that are package dealers who aren't control for dealers, and there's a good fit there and sort of opening the doors to, you know, bringing in more uh, qualified and, uh, you know, supportive individuals and companies. So seems like a, a smart move. Uh, we'll see how, how the two companies play together, you know, and under one umbrella. Let, let's bring in one of those dealers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mr. Puma um, is a package dealer. And forgive me, Todd, I don't know whether or not you are a Control 4 dealer or not. Um, are you a Control 4 dealer? I am not, no. Okay. I'm just crushed on all the way, make it easy for my customers. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so let, let's take it from that angle then. What what does this do for you? And and, and uh, you've had a long-standing relationship with PackEdge. You were actually the first person who told me about it and, and encouraged me to go by their booth. So what does this do to guys like you? When I first met PackEdge, I met them through Savant. 
So that's how it all started. It started with myself is working or looking for a new product line like Savant to offer to my clients. And Package was the hand in hand. It was like a match made in heaven between Savant and Package. So for me, this is not shock that this happened. I wish that Crestron would move forward and purchase them before um, Control 4. Uh, did again that's not any inside information i don't even know if crestron made offers just saying i that's something i would hope for uh, because infrastructure is everything the network needs to be robust i beta test every day i beta test for package and i beta test for crestron um and i grew a very personal relationship with the people there and as well as the products um and throughout the way you know, we need the network. If we don't know about the network, our AV product doesn't work. It comes now that you need to know more about the network than you kind of do about the AV product because the product is simple to set up. But if you don't have everything properly set up through the STP protocols and QoS and VLANs, your system won't work or it will work for a short period of time. Now back to Control 4, I was impressed. I'm very impressed. I'm glad that they made that move. I think it's going to be great for all Control 4 dealers. I think that they have a, you know, definitely have, you know, one up on a lot of the, uh, you know, companies like Savant, Crestron, and Elan, and Claire at this point because they have their own internal networking company and package is one of the best. They understand residential better than anyone. Um, We'll see in the next couple months with Crestron and the other providers offer. Uh, But right now, they definitely have the... The royal throne at this point in the resi market by uh you know acquiring package control for so so let me ask you this and, and this can be to either of you and it's a crazy like you know hypothetical question um we, we did a, a network show a, a network security special last week at isc and we had on uh a guy finer from access networks great guy brilliant on the network is this are we getting into a, a situation now where control for has, has purchased package are other control companies going to be looking at networked central network centric companies to be picking up or should they instead of picking them up and, and purchasing them look more to to you know partner with them and maybe work uh, better with with their equipment can i take this one sure. really quick sure. originally i came from best buy right and again that's not really something i should be telling everybody oh it's fine I did. <laughs> did you have a blue shirt <laughs> I did. And what did they do? Immediately they had Magnolia and Geek Squad hand in hand. Yeah. So this is not somebody reinventing the wheel. You know, companies like Best Buy have knew this from the beginning that this should have been done and, you know, is going to be the future. Other companies are going to start to do this. You know, Packaged and Control 4 went first in line, but you'll see other companies partnering. Uh, Crestron has always been pretty much a partner, but not saying it with Cisco. Um, you know, in the commercial market, I only see Cisco products integrated with uh, Crestron and all the, uh, you know, I don't know what you guys call them, but all the IT guys or whatever they may be at the, these corporations stick by Cisco. So I'm, you know, hoping sooner or later that that winds up becoming more of a legal partnership between the two of them and they do what they need to do in that part. It would be interesting to see if that if that happens, because. I don't know. I, I I watch Cisco from a pro standpoint, and sometimes I'm I'm wondering what they're doing uh, when it comes to moving into this space and and moving around this space. Um, simply because they're they're moving more and more into VTC. They they have their own touch panel system. The, that touch panel system um, 
can actually control other things. So some days it feels like Cisco is actually trying to compete with Crestron a little bit. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested. I don't know. But Cisco Meraki came out, right? That feels more like a residential kind of base system, very easy to you know navigate, has kind of that package-esque feel, um, you know, Luxel kind of backgrounds and, you know, other companies that are out there. Uh, it seems like they're trying to complement the, re- the residential market, you know, little by little. Yeah, it does. Right. I'm, I'm simply talking about Crestron and, and Cisco partnering together. Yeah. Oh, because conflict of interest. Eh, conflict of interest. I mean, it, it, sometimes it feels like it, like Cisco is trying to to compete with with Cisco or with Crestron. I don't know. Just just my two cents. Uh, all right, kids. Next story up. Um, so ISE was last week. This was Ben Bruno's first uh, ISE as the head of Cedia. Was appointed last uh, late last fall. Actually, right before Cedia Expo 2015. Um, Todd, he says in this piece, quote, unquote, Cedia will be the place where consumers come to find companies that can install, upgrade, or even repair the technology in their homes. We'll have 10,000 licensed technologists. Our name already is synonymous with technology, and that's something we can leverage. Uh, is Vin right on this? Is this is Cedia going to be the place where the, the average consumer goes to, uh, to find a technologist for the home? I believe so, but you know it's going to be us doing our part as well to point and educate clients to let them know that this is the place to go. This is going to be the stamp of approval. You know, I believe our industry has needed a standard for a long time because there's a lot of integrators out there that aren't integrators. They're just TV hanging bang guys living out of their car or working out of their car, and they're giving the wrong standards to clients. This will be that extra effort they need to come to become a corporation. They need to, you know, go to a client and give their referral base, you know, hey, I'm a CDR member. You know, this is great. This is something that the customers do need. They need some kind of certification. We're not even legally certified in a lot of areas. You know, based in New York City, there's no certification you need or legal licensing you need to be an AV integrator. You're running wires with no education pretty much and, you know, flying around, you know, making other people's jobs harder like the electricians or plumbers because there is no protocol. There is no stamp of approval, no licensing through the government. And if CD could start pushing that and giving us some kind of direction to go in, I think that would be great. All right, Jeremy, from, from your standpoint, what is what does CDA need to do to become this this place where where consumers can go to? I think it's um, it's a tough one for them. Uh, they've tried in the past to really push certification and uh, it, it was somewhat successful. It was I think it was uh, well intended. Um, I know at the time it was kind of a borderline barrier to entry play for them. They, they really wanted to limit that trunk slammer, quote unquote, uh, type of uh, personality that, that was out there saying they were professional and, and kind of diluting the trade and making it look bad. You know, there are plenty of bad stories of bad installs and guys coming up and cleaning cleaning up people's uh, projects. And they wanted to, to, to put a professional stamp on it. And a lot of cynics said they were, you know, just trying to get more money out of members, you know. And then you know, forcing them to to pay for these these uh, certification classes. I, I never saw it as that. I think that people get ideas in their heads, but um, I, I think that it, it's it's a challenge um, to get the the younger demographic out there um, who go online and find classes themselves, or you know, go directly to the manufacturers. They don't necessarily see CD as a necessity. 
Um, they've been trying for a few years to, to really go for that next generation. Um, and I think that's where it needs to come in. There, there's, there was an old sort of camaraderie to Cedia in the early days. People just, they went to the, the show because they were friends with all their colleagues and you know, peers. And um, I don't know if the, the, the next wave has kind of caught on to that yet, um, that this is a, an environment that you can go as a show you know, and, and really share best practices and, and get, uh, you know, tell your war stories about projects that you've been through and, and learn from each other. I think that, that's one of the best benefits of that show and, and that association are just the stories you can share between, you know, members and, you know, calling it certification, training, that, that type of thing. I mean, that's a formal way of doing it, but I think it needs to be there. Um, I think Venn is very ambitious and I, I'm glad to see that he's thinking big. I just don't know if it's possible to really in this day and age to really pull everybody together and get those big numbers like he's hoping for. Um, I hope he does. I, 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 we, we, we need a trade association at the middle of this that's not just CE, um, CE, what is it? Is it CTA <laughs> now? CTA, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that's a different, uh, they, they have a different focus for sure. And, you know, you need a professional trade. I mean, for one thing, they, they lobby for this industry. They talk about the different certifications. There are certain states where they're trying to put low voltage contractors out of business because the direct voltage, you know, electricians are, Bigger, a bigger force. They're trying to say, hey, you can't put in um, this stuff you know, without you know, an electric, electrician's license. And so CDA gets wind of that and they go in and they meet with uh, you know, the different, they get lobbyists, they go in and they meet with the different uh, congressmen and state uh, uh, legislature people and usually protect the CDA type integrators pretty well. So that, that alone is worth really keeping this industry, this association strong and, and building it bigger, becoming a more force um, to be reckoned with, you know? Yeah. Jeremy, you, you mentioned the, the folks coming up haven't gotten kind of grabbed hold of the whole community idea. Do you think that's a generational thing where you, you've got the youngers and I, and I, I don't mean to, to, to beat up on the on the on the poor millennial, but, you know, because <laughs> God, God knows that enough people have written about it. But do you think it, it's the it's the generation behind? Let's be honest; those of us who are in our our, our middle ages, um, <laughs> who because we've grown up with that whole idea, right? Whether it's CTA before that, it was CEO CEA and uh, CDA and Infocom and organizations like that, where we've grown up learning from each other and sharing with each other. And and the generation behind us, do you think maybe that they haven't glommed onto that yet? Oh, I think it's a challenge, and I I'm, I can't quite you know, speak for them. I can only theorize, but I do think just living up, growing up in an internet culture where everything is at your fingertips has to change the way you learn and, you know, find information. You know, I, I'm close to being that kind of mentality at this point, just having been around it as a media person for so many years that I almost can say I don't get it why we need to go to trade shows and you know I can almost go there but I can't quite because I still see the value having been to that event and saying yeah you know there is a human element that you you clearly miss out on if you do all of your training online and you know through webinars and that sort of thing there's just there's a need for that human interaction we are human beings you know and 
to, to have these events where you can go and train in a room with people who are going through the same thing, hands-on. I mean, there, there's, I, I'm talking to speak better to it than I can having gone through training. I've been through boot camp at CEDIA, and I'd say it's stuck with me pretty well. You know, it's a very basic level of training. Um, I went to their facility because I'm, I'm actually just outside of Indianapolis where they're headquartered. And um, they, they, uh, that, that hands-on ability to actually use the tools and things at somebody else that's doing the same thing. Um, can't replicate that online too well. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, to, to attach a, a, some certification there and obviously be a member of a trade association that has some meaning, uh, your average consumer is not going to really know who CD is, but that's up to the dealer to sort of say, hey, this is our big, th this means something. This is why I'm a CDA member. Yeah. Um, you know, as they go through there, you know, why, why sh should you hire me? You know, they should make that a big deal. Um, I educate the client, you know, about why it's important. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, one last story here before I let you go. Uh, this this falls squarely in the whole IoT, IOE, everything. Hmm. Uh, God, and, and, and I guess uh, uh, full uh, uh, disclosure, I have. Hey, hey, there's my email. Um, I have a Nest. Uh, so let's start there. Um, and I didn't notice an outage. So apparently uh, a bunch of, of folks on the Nest forums were ex experiencing an outage. And what, what they said was some of their uh, thermostats was unresponsive. Others said they woke up to a compl uh, completely drained battery. Other thermostats apparently lost connectivity altogether and went offline. Uh, this comes to us from cbc.ca. So this is what they say is, is the issue. Um, quote, unquote, outages will happen. No consumer-grade smart home device is going to work perfectly 100% of the time, nor is any internet connection 100% reliable, and software updates sometimes come with bugs. That all means smart home devices need to have countermeasures for when they do inevitably fail. Hmm. Jeremy, uh, what? This, this wow. like, just <laughs> what? scares the hell out of me. I, I, I'm, I get a lot of uh, opportunities to play with you know, toys in my home. And I turn down more than I accept because, A, I don't want a kludgy home filled with a bunch of separate pieces that don't work together. And, and I, I'm not a professional integrator. I have a lot of experience having worked with integrators. And Todd, for instance, has been on the phone with me and walked me through things that he's helped me to install. And but I, I don't have that comfort level, especially with the network. I'm, I'm, I'm case in point of, I wish I knew more about my network than I do, but uh, there's a limit on how many devices I want to be operating sort of essential infrastructure in my house. And I do have a pretty, pretty modern thermostat, for instance, but I didn't go down the Nest road, the Nest path. I mean, mine is wired in like a traditional thermostat, yeah. and I don't know why Nest doesn't, why it's a de battery dependent. I think that that seems like a kind of a flawed thinking. Um, and, you know, I, I, I also don't understand how there isn't just an automatic backup here where, you know, power goes out and it at least holds the temperature where you are, not just drops. <laughs> I, I, I didn't quite understand that part of the story, how the, how the thermostat sort of just turned down the temperature as opposed to just holding where it was. Well, it, it probably defaulted well, to its original state. That might be, okay. it, yeah. 
yeah. Well, it, it just sort of is, is it, I mean, it's, who knows if how many were really affected here, but it, it does make you sort of pause and say, yeah, maybe not. Maybe I kind of <laughs> want to go with the traditional approach here and, yeah. and certain aspects. And then it gets, it goes down the path of even security. If you, you read that article, there's some links in there about uh, smart locks and that sort of thing. And, and I, I don't, I don't imagine there are many uh, criminals out there, the types that are going to be robbing houses aren't typically that sophisticated. We're not talking about movie, you know, movies, Scene, kind of uh, criminals with a hacking device coming in trying to hack a smart lock, but you know but they, you start start to question how many elements are you gonna really go for here in the smart home. Yeah. They will get sm that smart. Think about it. They won't even need to break in. They'll just walk in. You know, people are starting to learn networks and starting to learn how these things work. So if these you know criminals educate themselves a little bit more, they will be able to get in pretty easily. Uh, they have your network. They sign in. They you know, download a ping app and there's a lock and unlock the door, walk in and walk out. It, it could be that simple. So that's why we need to be cautious about these, you know, products that are called DIY. Customers don't know enough about these products to protect themselves. And that's what they're not realizing, at least coming with us, we hold responsibility for what happens in their home. We make sure that networks are protected, make sure that they have security measures in place that if God forbid something did happen, there's a, a, a fail safe. There's something there that can protect them. So not everyone can get into the app because you'll need a certain amount of information. There's IP IDs, you know, through Crestron, for example, can go up to hundreds of numbers and letters. You know, the criminal's not going to figure out, you know, okay, I have to put this IP ID in with this IP address and then download the app. They're not going to be that smart. That's why, you know, it's important for certain products just to stay out of the hands of, you know, the residential client or the DIYers is eventually those DIY guys aren't going to have the time and they're going to hand over the business to us because of these problems that can occur with Nest or whoever. Yeah, and you know, I, I really talked about Cedia uh, again, but um, I really wish that there was a reliable network of affordable professionals that are Cedia people, you know, Cedia certified, whatever it is, that you could find without much trouble and say, hey, can you come in and just be my consultant here on these products? And I don't want to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. I am not that consumer. I just want some really qualified, educated advice on how do I protect my home using these products. I want these toys, but I want them at you know a limit. I don't want to go crazy. I don't want a full scale, you know, you know, traditional Cedia type home. Just wanted smart locks and smart thermostats, but can you make sure my network is right and you know make sure my Apple TV is not going to crash on me and different things like that? Um, I know you kind of get that a little bit from the Best Buys of the world, but I don't know if I really I don't like that environment. You know, I'm not that kind of a customer. I want something kind of a hybrid of the Cedia high end and the and the low end of the Best Buy, you know? You bring up a really good point because that may very well be kind of an emerging market for, for Cedia, right, and, and for its members, where it's it's not the higher-end homes, right? It's not, you know, million, $2 million homes, um, but it's not, you know, please help me, you know, run, you know, speaker wire and, and you know, 200-foot HDMI cables everywhere. It's, it's helping the DIYer do a DIY smarter, right? It's just what you said, you know, make, you know, let me do what I want to do or, or what I can do, right? I can, I can go out and get a, a Schlage smart uh, lock and, and install it pretty, pretty easily. 
I, I did nest myself. Um, but, you know, come in, but I'm not the best networking guy, let's say. Yeah. Come in and, and, and let me hire, uh, you know, a guy to come in and, and make sure my, my network is good, right? And, and nobody can break into it. Or make sure that, that all of the, the ZV, yeah, um, um, the Z-Wave stuff talks to each other, right? Make sure all of those communications are happening. So that's actually a really good point. I like that. The DIY advisor. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Nice little side business for a new division of your company. Um, I, that is I, genius. I was just on uh, Apple TV last night look, get, trying to get my kids set up with a movie, you know, off of iTunes. And there was a, a thing that came on. And they just said, Dad, I need you to read this. And I came over and it said, uh, log in to iTunes to get a lower uh, resolution version of this movie. Hmm. And it was clearly telling me that I wasn't getting full bandwidth or whatever, yeah. you know, and, and I'm thinking, is this a problem with my provider? Is this something internal or is this just a reboot situation with the Apple TV? I have no idea. And I don't have anyone I can ask except for, you know, someone like Todd, who I happen to because I have trade, you know, connections, I could call or text him and ask him. I just rebooted the Apple TV and all was well. And that's usually the case, but you just, you start wondering, is this, am I having bigger problems that I should have fixed. And hopefully one of these days I get a pack edge system in here and it, uh, it all works out, you control know, four. control <laughs> four system, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll, it'll say control four by the time we get in there. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, gentlemen, that's, that's all the time we have. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Thank you so much. Uh, Mr. Puma, how can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at the source HTI or Todd Anthony Puma, or you can find me, pretty much anywhere in the social market on presidential systems magazine as well. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I'm pretty much very quiet on this. Social you're, media not quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, you're not quiet. Uh, Mr. Glowicki, thank you, sir, so much, uh, uh, for the first you're time. Welcome. So how can people find you or, or residential systems? Resi editor on Twitter and, uh, residential systems.com. Um, Usually can find my email uh, anywhere on the site. Somewhere so. over there. All right. Very good. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. Don't follow me because uh, at this point in the – I'm a Bears fan if you can't tell by that little thing right there. But um, uh, we had a fabulous season. It, it's the 30th anniversary of the Bears winning the Super Bowl. That's all I got. Uh, <laughs> so that, that's – I'm counting down the days. I guess the, I, I should say that I have the Blues. I have, I have the Blues at this point. So – um, but, uh, but go by the website, lots of folks do an awful lot of hard work uh, and it's not me. It's, it's folks like Matt Scott and, and, uh, and, uh, Bradford Ben and everybody, uh, avnation.tv, avnation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others, uh, squarely center still, uh, is all the videos, all the podcasts, everything we did at ISE last week. Uh, we're going to be adding some more videos as the week goes on. We just didn't want to inundate you all at once with all of them, so they'll be coming out uh, as the week uh, goes on. I think our, our my my goal is to have all of them up by Friday. Let's put it that way. So, avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. That's all the time we have for Resi Week. Resi Week.